Welcome to another edition of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. Welcome to the show. You know how we do it here on TIR. We keep it R-E-A-L 100% real. We do not pull back on any punches and we shoot straight from the hip. So sit back, relax, grab that drink or that snack that you enjoy so much and enjoy the next two hours because this is Technically It Is Real. All right, welcome everybody to a special edition of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson, and we are here at the beautiful Lago Convention Center here in Cleveland, Ohio, not Valley View today. And I am joined here again for the second time by the great white, white Andy. Hey, what's going on? And EJ Flex. EJ, what's going on? So it is All-Star Weekend. How y'all feeling about All-Star Weekend? Feeling good. I'm feeling great, man. I can't believe that I get the opportunity to be here. You know, we don't have any idea what's in store for us today as we just kind of hang out and see who walks by. Yeah, definitely for sure. It is a very special edition of Technically It Is Real, and this is a huge, huge event for everybody. So uh, w- what are your thoughts about the uh, the events that happened last night uh, between the Celebrity Game and the Rise of Star Challenge? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch it. <laughs> See, I'm not a big, like, Celebrity Game guy or even, like, the Skills Challenge. I don't really watch that anymore. It just kind of feels watered down. It, the, like, for example, the dunk contest doesn't feel as exciting as it used to be. I mean, we used to have stars, like actual stars participate, and now we don't really have any stars participating. Andy? <laughs> well, I enjoy these types of events. My only issue, uh, if you want to call it that, my only complaint, I guess, is just the lack of deep for the All-Star game. You know, he's so worried about getting hurt for something like an All-Star game. But I love seeing them come together. I like seeing people who are uh, rivals most of the time, teammates, and we get to finally see how these guys could play together given the opportunity. Also, the storyline of LeBron coming back. That's always exciting. Oh, <laughs> Yay. As he sits here, sits here wearing his LeBron jersey. And he's oh, team double garlic. No, <laughs> no, don't, don't play. Don't, don't play. Don't listen to LeBron. We still love you here. I, I, no, no, I don't, I don't like LaFraud over there, you know. So, no, I'm cool. LeBron loses championships all the time, B. So, he's won four of them, though. He's won four, but if you're four and six, what does that mean? It means you got there ten times. That means also what? <laughs> that you got there ten times. If you play ten games, right, if you play ten games and you're four and six, what does that mean? It means you played ten games. That that means you have a losing record. You know what, Andy? That means you have a losing record. Oh yeah. That okay. means you have a losing. When a NFL team is four and six, are they considered a winning team or a losing team? That depends. Are we talking about four and six in Super Bowls? No, we're talking about four and six. We can talk about four. We can talk about four and six in NBA Finals. That's still a losing record in the NBA Finals. So this ain't this ain't no even record. So ain't. He ain't at five hundred. So you're talking about the fact that whoever has the most or, or doesn't lose. The uh, NBA Finals. That's that's who is the greatest. I mean, look. so how many play, So Dirk Nowitzki. How many yeah. Finals did he lose? He's lost one. He's won one. Okay. So, so he don't lose. So he don't lose championships so he, all the time. So he made it to two. Can I interject real quick? Can I interject real quick? And, and, and ha- no, no, hang on. And how many other players throughout the history of the NBA have won one championship and never lost one? Let's see. What Jordan exactly. won six? No, no, I, that's not what I asked. Is it? Which means so Jordan, which one? Oh, this is my way, show. Jordan's only been to six. He's only been to six, and what? He's six and zero. Oh. Jordan don't he's lose championships. Yeah, Jordan I mean, don't lose championships. Jordan also doesn't drag teams into the finals that don't deserve to be there, like LeBron. That's because Jordan played in a different, tougher era. Oh, here we go. All these Jordan apologists want to talk about these. Uh, 
non-variables, not necessarily non-variables, but unmeasurable variables. You can talk about parts and things like that, but let's talk about stats. Oh, if you Lord. really want to talk about stats, you can see that LeBron already has had a better career than Jordan. He's had more points per game. He's better. You know, it's just the only thing Jordan has over him that anybody can make any type of argument about is clutch. Can okay, I? which is a big thing. No, sorry, you go right ahead. So, um, all right. The reason why the four and six record is so frowned upon is because of the fact that Jordan was six and zero. Also, so he got there six times. Also, Jordan retired for what two years, three years? Yeah, so three years. Two or three years, and then came back and won three more in a row. Also, Jordan. Actually, no, oh, you talking about that retirement? So even before he retired, he only got there three times. So he, he got, got there three, three times. times. Yep. Wow. I guess, uh, and and this is, and also we don't take into account the fact that rules were changed once you know during LeBron's time in the NBA LeBron D Wade there's no hand checking that physical defensive style is not there anymore so imagine Jordan even playing in this era oh Jordan would dominate Jordan would dominate the same way LeBron and a lot of these guys would but then at the same time okay but check this out statistically LeBron came out straight out of high school Jordan did not Jordan played four years in college so you got to take that into account too. LeBron okay, has played in the league longer because and, he's been in the and league. And not to longer. mention that and LeBron has longer. played right, and then LeBron's played in more playoff games because when LeBron got here, by the time LeBron got here, um, you know, the simple fact that there was already a seven-game series in every single round when Jordan started playing, and actually, really, all the way up until like what the last. What the last two years of Jordan's career when he was in with Washington, with it, was, it was always a five game series that first round, yeah, and then it was seven the rest of the way. Like Jordan, Jordan played in an era where if you got into the paint, you were getting punched right in the mouth, and the rule changed between the hand checking and then it was more zone friendly on the defensive end. It changed everything, and and the thing about Jordan that I respect is that. Everything with Jordan was built from the ground up. They had to go through adversity. They had to go overcome the Celtics. What? Cleveland didn't. The first time, so Cleveland didn't build up from the ground. So the first time, the first time, the first time, yes. The second time. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, like with Jordan, with Jordan, it was they had to overcome. They had to overcome the Celtics. Once they overcame the Celtics, then they had to overcome the Bad Boy Pistons. And once they overcame the Bad Boy Pistons, it was it was it was it was the Bulls' lead. Like you got to. I agree that the Bad Boy Pistons were a lot of fun to watch. They were fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Lambeer and all those guys. They were just fun they, they to watch. They were fun yeah. to watch Lambeer and IT. I- yes. And you had Dennis Rodman on that team as well. Right. Like, the Bad Boy Pistons were that team, you know they what I'm saying? And they watch. overcame that. Like, think about LeBron's championships. Like, think really think about LeBron's championships. His first one, OKC Thunder, I mean, the... The Thunder was outmatched at all assets of the game. They had a lot of potential, but they was there a little too soon. You had the San Antonio Spurs thing. I will, I'm not one of those people that go, well, Ray Allen bailed out um, bailed out uh, LeBron James or anything like that. It's more of anything that LeBron James got bailed out by uh, Greg Popovich's in, uh, like coaching decision. You don't take out Tim Duncan with 13 seconds left of the game. Okay, but you, know, you can talk about the errors, you can talk about the teams and all that, but the fact is, one thing that both teams, have, both guys have in common is that they rose to the occasion that they needed to rise or the situation, whatever the rules were presented to them, they 
adapt it. I think would LeBron do well or would um, Michael do well in today's league? Sure. Yes. Would LeBron have done well in that league? No. Yes. He'll be a role. He will be a role player in the nineties. Are you serious? Uh, what are you talking about? I don't he will agree be a role player. I don't agree with that. He will be a role player. Oh, come I don't agree on. with that. He don't even have two basketball moves to begin with. I don't agree with that. No, no. He couldn't. He couldn't bully. He could not bully past anybody like that in the nineties. He'll be a role player at best. He would actually have to play actual basketball. I, the reason why I don't agree with that is because of LeBron's athleticism. Um, he, he, athletic, was, he, he was was on the level. He was on the level. He would be on the level of Michael athletically. That's the reason why I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. No. I mean, you're telling me no. that there is absolutely no competition for for anybody playing at that level right now because they're so weak, they're so small. They're so, no, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. LeBron would be a role player at best. No. And LeBron, and, LeBron and then, one one. What makes LeBron the world player at best to begin with is his liability on defense. Just now. that alone. No, not now. Ever. LeBron has never played good defense. LeBron has been a good defensive player. Oh, we get we get we get we get those moments where he makes those big blocks and everything like that. But he does not play good defense. He's never have. He's always been a liability on defense his entire career. His entire yes, yes. Not those Mike Brown teams. There's a reason that they were top five in defense. Yeah, that's because they picked up LeBron slack. Come on oh now, because and if you don't believe me, don't believe me because if Cleveland LeBron was surrounded by stars, um, if if you don't believe me that he wasn't a liability on defense, go look at all those uh, playoff series that we lost. Go look at the San Antonio playoff uh, loss. Go look at the Boston Celtics one. Go look at the Orlando, especially or especially Orlando seasons, Magic. You mean in these seasons that he pretty much had to do everything because or he didn't have Orlando and and Michael did everything at one defensive player of the year. Yeah, for sure. Michael did everything. Mm, Michael did everything and one defensive player of the year. You think and won multiple MVPs. When he had Pippen next to him, Jordan was doing everything. Yes. Okay, um, so. and, and I can give you a prime example with that. The flu game. That was when Pippen should have stepped up to the plate, and Michael still scored 37. Okay, so my question to you is, who on those LeBron teams the first time around in Cleveland is on Pippen's level? Well, what JJ Hickson averaged twenty one. JJ Hickson. JJ Hickson went. Did JJ Hickson two? Oh my God! What Pippen ain't all that? I don't know why y'all acting like Pippen is like the second best player of all time. Nobody is not nobody, all that. Pippen's no, not even top fifteen. Nobody Pippen's was saying that. Star on any other team. Nobody was saying that. Oh, oh wait, he, he was a he, he would have been a star on any other team, and when he was a star on any other team, what did Pippen do? Pippen did nothing. When Pippen had when Pippen was the star on the Chicago Bulls, Tony Milkovich came in and, and, and took everything. Uh, Tony Kukic, excuse me. I just named somebody that I actually knew. Um, <laughs> Tony Kukic. Shout out to Tony Milkovich. <laughs> Tony Kukic. Kukic took over. What, 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 what did Pippen do? What, what, what Pippen do? Tell, somebody tell me what Pippen do. Pippen complimented uh, Jordan. Snore. What did Pippen do? Like, at least okay. Jordan did See, something prior to Pippen getting there. If you're just so you're comparing an argument that you don't like with Snore, then that's not... You're, so you're comparing Pippen to J.J. Hickson? Yes. Because guess what? No. You, you want to know why? You want to know why? Because there was a lot of hype behind them, and then when it was their time to shine, guess what happened? They did absolutely nothing. What did Pippen do when Michael Jordan was over there playing baseball for the for the Chicago White Sox? So, what did Pippen was do? Was Pippen still at the peak of his career at the point? Um, when, when Michael Jordan went over there to Chicago, yes, he was. He was in high 30s at that point. <laughs> uh, 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 he was in the prime of his career, and not to mention, not to mention, again, you played college for four years at that time. Pippen was at the height of his career. It was supposed to be Pippen's team, and what did Scottie Pippen do? What did Scottie Pippen do when it was his team? What did he do? 
Come on, y'all know it. Y'all watch Last Dance. Y'all watch Last Dance. He's comparing the Hall of Famers to JJ Hicks and who faded out in the league. <laughs> and the reason, and, and let me tell you something right now. Why did Scottie Pippen get into the Hall of Fame? Oh my God. Why did Scottie Pippen get into the Hall of Fame? It's not just that. So, no, 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 no. Hold on. Ask, well, answer let me that ask question, you a question first. How many, how many uh, championships did Pippen win? He got six. Well, then why isn't he the best? Because he's he he nowhere near it. But that's the, that's the rubric you're just about uh, LeBron. Well, he doesn't have six, so Pippen must no, be No, 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 no. I will sit back and say this. LeBron, overall player, is better than Pippen. I, I'm not. I am not. I am not one of those ring people that go. Oh, rings is because because if that's the case, then Robert Horry is better than Michael Jordan because Robert Horry has seven rings. So if, if, if we're gonna do it like that, then yes, Robert Horry is better than Michael Jordan. What I'm saying is is that LeBron loses championships all the time. He loses championships. He got a losing record in the finals. Did you say Robert Horry is better than LeBron? No, 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 no. no. Okay, I didn't say that. See, you I, I thought you, I heard you say can that. You listen. I thought you I heard you say to that. Be fair, I said, crazy. said a lot of crazy. What I'm saying is, is that I'm not one of those rings make you better, people, because you might as well say that if you're going to use the ring argument, you can say that Horry is better than Michael Jordan. You can say Derek Fisher is at the same level as Kobe Bryant. No, that's not the case at all. But what I'm saying is, is that Scottie Pippen ain't nothing. He ain't nothing. All right, so Why did Scottie Pippen get into the Hall of Fame? Can y'all answer me that question? Why okay, does Scottie Pippen so get into the Hall of Fame? Here's the thing. Yes, he benefited off of Jordan's success, but at the same time, Jordan did not do it by himself, which Why? is the argument that you're pushing. Why does you're Scottie downplaying Pippen? the effect. You're downplaying the what Scottie Pippen brought to the Bulls along with Jordan, along with Rodman. You're downplaying that, and you're comparing it to J.J. Hickson, who turned out to be nothing. Why did Scottie Pippen get into the Hall of Fame? You're still not. Like, what does that have to do with anything, though? Because Michael Jordan, and y'all can go look this back up. Y'all can go look this up. Literally, go look this up. Michael Jordan's entire Hall of Fame speech was about Scottie Pippen getting into the Hall of Fame. The reason why Scottie Pippen in the Hall of Fame is because Michael Jordan put it in his speech. And when Michael Jordan talked, the media walked. So then what I'm saying is, is that Michael Jordan didn't put it in his Hall of Fame speech. Scottie Pippen wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He would have obscured out of legacy. The only reason why everybody know about Scottie Pippen is because he next to Michael Jordan. So if LeBron mentions J.J. Hickson in his Hall of Fame speech, oh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll walk. No, they'll walk and no, put Scottie. Not. They'll no, put they're J.J. Hickson. No, they're not. You're being dramatic right now. Oh, <laughs> yes, no, no, I am not. <laughs> Your judgment is cloudy. <laughs> no, I am not. Listen, I'm not a LeBron right fan now. either, and I love Jordan. I mean, Jordan is the GOAT to me, and I got Kobe Bryant number two. You know, a lot of people aren't going to agree with that, but at the same time, like I also, I also respect what LeBron has done. Like, that first time around when he took us to the finals against the Spurs, like, who did we have? Sasha Pavlovich, Ira Nubel, you know, Broken Downs and Drunas Ogowskis, uh, Drew Gooden. We had, we had Drew Gooden. Drew, who else did we have? So Drunas made the All-Star that year. What are you talking about, listen, Broken Downs? Listen. He made the All-Star game that listen, year. Listen, yeah, he also had how many surgeries up until that point? How many surgeries did he have? Did he have up until that point? And was he still playing at the All Star level? Yes, he was playing okay, at the All Star level. But at the same time, like, okay, like I, you, you're completely downplaying the fact that LeBron did carry. Uh, we had Booby Gibson. He was he was our second, third best scorer on that team. Yeah. Like you're really downplaying what LeBron did. I understand that. You're not a LeBron fan, and I'm not a LeBron fan. But at the same time, I respect what he did. Like, for him to have done that, like, you got to have some balls. Like, 
against that Detroit team, that Detroit Pistons team, what he scored 21, 22 straight points going in, uh, into that overtime. There you go. That's going right. into overtime. Like, you cannot downplay that. And I'm not downplaying like, it. I'm just, I, saying, I, I'm just saying, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying LeBron loses championships all the time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he four and six in the finals. He loses championships. But at the same time, like LeBron has to take accountability for the fact that, you know, he's sitting here making demands, trying to play GM. Like maybe if he would allow a team to build around him, maybe he wouldn't be, you know, put in a position to where he has to carry a team all the time. Maybe he doesn't go four and six if he actually lets a GM do their job. And they actually put good pieces around him that are, you know, long less. Maybe if he's not going from team to team, he's not four and six. You know, maybe there's some continuity there. Maybe, you know, there's chemistry, long-lasting chemistry there. I agree with you on that point. And like I said, in my eyes, Michael Jordan is a GOAT. But I do think LeBron still ends up being a Hall of Famer playing in that same era as Michael. I'm not denying. He's a Hall of Fame talent. But he's a role player in the nineties. I don't agree with that. He's a role player in the nineties. To be honest, because one, you, he couldn't he couldn't bully half the league. He, he's not going to bully half of the the league in the nineties. He, he wouldn't have to. Yes, he would have because no, he, he has wouldn't. no basketball moves. I think he steps up his bowling in the nineties. Oh my I god! Think, I absolutely don't think stop. he would have risen. Okay, to how what can he was presented how can we say that if we bring Michael into this era that he would be so dominant? But we can't say because the same. Because it's an easier defense. That's why. Okay, and you don't think LeBron's gonna adapt? No. Just the same way Michael would adapt. Michael ain't gonna adapt nothing he in would. this league. He ain't got to adapt nothing. Michael would adapt in this league. Yeah, by scoring more points. And shooting more threes also. Okay. The, the style of the, the, well, the style is different Michael, now. I, I put asterisks. How many teams do you see playing a triangle right now? Yeah, and it doesn't work that way. Exactly. That's what they played in the Bulls' era. So Michael would have to adapt. Kobe, they played the triangle with the Lakers. Kobe would have to adapt as well. I mean, they take in this era, they take a lot more three-point shots. They take more outside shots. Kobe, Michael, they dominated the mid-range game. Like, they would have to adapt as well. Whatever. LeBron loses championships all the time. Look, LeBron, LeBron he gets the championships all the time. He can get the championships all he wants to. But Tom Brady done played 10 Super Bowls, and what's his record? Seven and three. All right, now about Tom Brady. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do. It's because, the all because, all-star. No, 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 no. Because they, 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 they considered the two goats of this generation and they respect the sports and both went to San Championships. And one is seven and three, the other is four and six. Tom Brady's win championships all the time. LeBron loses all the time. B, but we'll be right back here on Technically It Is Real here at the beautiful Lago Convention Center here in the flats of downtown Cleveland. We'll be right back. A average family of four can waste 180 gallons of water per week, with most Americans wasting 82 gallons in one single day. Letting a faucet run while washing dishes can waste 10 gallons of water every five minutes. Water waste is a problem, but we can all do our parts to fix this by replacing old efficient faucets, turning off the water while brushing our teeth, and installing water sense equipment to save water and money. Let's do our part by saving more water and protecting our environment. All right, welcome back to a special edition of Technically It Is Real. We are joined here by uh, OMS student Dominic. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. That's good. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think NBA players get measured by championship rings compared to other uh, sports? Because when it comes to the NBA, that's like a more 
sport that everybody more is tuned into and more take action into because everybody want to be the next LeBron, the next Kyrie and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, that's what they put their main focus into. I don't actually know why because it don't make sense to me, but I feel like because they just, that's where the main attention is at in the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I probably second it. I mean, you got what? Five players on, on, on the team that can play on the court or anything like that. So you're you're more likely to stand out compared to like in football where you got 11 men on the field on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So I think for more casual people, you stand out. But if we're talking about, for instance, baseball, you consider a player like Cal Ripken, probably one of the greatest, unarguably one of the greatest ever play the game. But how many World Series did Baltimore win with them? You know, we talk about one player, we talk about the fact that it's a sport, a team sport, that type of uh, conversation. But in baseball, it can come down to uh, a pitcher and a batter, especially in some of these great pitching duels that we see. So now we're taking all the other players out of it, and if it's a one nothing game, it came down to two people, yet a fielder could still be considered great, and his reputation is not marred by the fact that they lost that game. But in basketball, the expectation is that one player will carry their entire team. Whereas in baseball, still one player can win the championship. One player can lose the championship. Jose Mesa. You know, so it just... <laughs> Did you really need to bring up that name? <laughs> he proved my point, did he not? Yeah. So why then do we not consider the metric of number of championships when talking about the greatness of players of other sports? Only in basketball. It makes no sense to me because you have great players who have played for teams who've only been to the championship a couple times. Okay, I see a lot of head nodding, but uh, we're radio guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, I think oh, okay, it just... I, I think it just uh, goes back to, again, it's more, especially like with the casual viewers or anything like that, it's more of a, you can stand out more. You, you know, it's, it's 10 players on the court. You, you're like the main focus. You're the one with the ball in your hand, this, that, and the third. I just think it's more of a main focus thing compared to like, even like baseball. Like Kyle Ripken had this excellent career. There's no doubt about it. And for me, I feel like it's harder for you to have a career like that being acknowledged because baseball is like the least marketed of, of them all, of, of all four of the major sports. So it's like, if you got a Cal Ripken or a Derek Jeter or, or 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 David Ortiz or whatever it may be that has exceeded one expectations or has met expectations, but then also is like it's like they they've had this great career. It doesn't matter how many rings you won because of the simple fact that you already kind of made it as a great just by marketing yourself as, as great as you But you just said it doesn't matter, and yet you said it doesn't matter how many rings you've won. Did you not just say that? As far as baseball-wise, yes. But that's what I'm saying. Why? Why doesn't it matter? We talk about, okay, we have the age-old, uh, what's becoming an age-old argument. Hey, thanks, Tom. Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us. We talk about the age-old argument. That's what's becoming now. LeBron versus Michael Jordan, right? And what's the first thing anybody says? Number of rings. Because LeBron rings. loses championships all the time. All right, that was the next segment. But you hear what I'm saying? We're... We don't, we don't talk about anything else. We don't talk about average points per game. We don't talk about all the different stats. And I'm not saying one better than the other right now. That's not our conversation. We don't talk about stats. But if we talk about baseball players, now we're talking about average. We're talking about ball gloves. We're talking about silver slugger awards. Whatever. All those types of things come into play. We talk about an individual's career, but not with basketball. 
All we care about is number of rings. Casual fan or not, because every sport has casual fans. You talk about baseball, and you have all these greats. Look at the greats that have played for the Indians. In all these years, we didn't win anything. I mean, 95, we had an all-star at every position, and I bet we can name... One or two pitchers, we can, well, except for you, Ty, because you're an encyclopedia. But we might not be able to name every outfielder. We might not be able to name it, but we can name some of the stars, of course. Um, but we just can't focus on anything but the rings with, with basketball. And I don't know why that is. Why do the players' personal achievements get overshadowed by the number of rings they do or don't have? Okay, so... We look at Mike Trout, and we see how difficult it is for Mike Trout, who is considered the best place, the best player in baseball today. And he's only been to, what, one playoff series in his entire career. And we see how difficult it is for one player, who is considered the best player in the league, to be able to get his team to the playoffs alone. Now, in basketball, you have a player like LeBron, and we saw him take a very below-average average team to the NBA Finals alone. Definitely a team that shouldn't have been He single-handedly—well, I won't say single-handedly—he um, was able to beat the Detroit Pistons alongside with Booby Gibson, but also in basketball— LeBron can have the ball in every single possession, so he has more control over the outcome. In football, you see, you also see the ring argument with quarterbacks. Tom Brady, well, at the same time, Tom Brady pretty much gets the ball on every single snap on offense, so he has more control over the outcome. But he doesn't control his defense. He doesn't control whether or not the receiver catches the ball. You know, that type, I mean, he can have a big part in it. He better throw an accurate throw. But he can't control any of that any more than a pitcher can control if his outfielder catches the ball. I think the problem is with Mike Trout. Let's use Mike Trout as an example again. Mike Trout, he comes up to bat, what, every eight at-bats, every nine at-bats? Every third inning. Every third inning. On average, he comes up to bat every third inning. He would literally, let's say he actually had a very good starting pitching staff, he would literally have to hit a home run on every single sure. every single at-bat in order to single-handedly take his team to the World Series. And that's if the starting pitchers hold the opponent, you know, below three runs. Okay, Which then is, why do, when we have a... a Wins and losses, of course, that's a stat that go to the pitchers. But that's where it stops. Uh, we were talking about CC a few minutes ago, and I personally blame him for losing 2007 ALCS. Yes, yeah. Um, but, you know, that doesn't hinder his career. It doesn't. We don't talk about the number of World Series they get. We talk about seasonal wins and losses. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a starting pitcher, we don't say, well, how many, how many rings did he get? Mm -hmm. But he could impact the game more, probably more than anybody on the team. Most definitely. Well, I bring. Uh, let's go back to the quarterback thing, right? Let's go back to the quarterback thing. Like, why quarterbacks primarily get measured? Eugene, what's my saying about quarterbacks? Let's see if you remember this. I f my memory sucks. You I already know this. I think you're saying is I wish they could all be more like Baker. No, 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 no. Come on. Now. I heard that too. Don't, don't play that. No. Quarterback, being the quarterback of a team is like being the man of the house. If everything goes right, it's everybody else's achievement. Right. If everything goes wrong, it's your 
faults. And that's that's the measuring stick that quarterbacks get measured at Super Bowl rings because, like, before Brady, before Brady, it was if you get two out of four between Montana and Bradshaw, cool, Hall of Fame, especially if you got the statistics to back it up. Brady has raised that bar to, like, a level that is, like, unmatched. It's like now it's like if you just get one, if you just get one, you cool because there is no way in hell you're going to have Brady come in and you're going to come in and be at Brady's level. Like everybody thinks like Patrick Mahomes is going to be this baby goat. He's the next Brady every the whole nine yards. I've said this about the about the Mahomes argument. And this is where why I'm going to sit back and say the ring argument don't matter in this situation. Mahomes can come in and win eight championship rings. He will never be better than Brady. And I'm going to tell you why. Because who is 2-0 against who in the playoffs, including a Super Bowl victory? Brady. Exactly. So I think no matter what Patrick Mahomes does, no matter what Patrick Mahomes does, he can break every single one of Brady's records. He can even break Brady's Super Bowl record. He will never be better than Brady because everybody will point to the fact that you did not beat Brady in the Super Bowl. I don't agree with that. And I also don't agree with the... If you do, if you're responsible for the success of your team, everybody else gets, you know, the credit. The credit. Yeah, the defense, I don't agree with that because the thing is, when Mahomes took off, he was getting credit for the success of that team. He was also getting the blame for all the losses that they were getting. You know, he, uh, it, the starting quarterback position is the most important position in sports. That's why they get paid so much money. But then at the same time. They are responsible on the offensive side. And what is driven in the NFL right now, the, the NFL is driven by points, the points that you score. It's not necessarily – don't, you don't look at defense not much anymore. I mean, like, honestly, I don't think we're going to see any more all-time great defenses the way that we have in the past. I think we will. You, like, I, I think like, I, I, they, they haven't showed up yet, but I think they will. I think it will. Honest, honestly, God. I think it will. Well, like I was saying, like my thought process is like when when it comes to the quarterback, like they get the blame and they also get majority of, you know, the success, you know, for, you know, how their team does. Like I don't agree with that take. And then also I think there's going to be a point where people do start saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time due to our generation is going to begin to fade away. It's the same, the same reason why people believe that LeBron is the greatest compared to Michael, because we're going to get older, but then our kids are going to get older as well, and they're going to see more of Mahomes than they saw of Tom Brady. Everybody wants to believe that who they are a fan of mm-hmm. is the best out yeah. No doubt about that. That's been a universal truth. And the fact is, um, when you have the debate as to who's greatest, it is a subjective thing. It's based on your opinion. But there has to be some uh, providence in there for statistics, for numbers that you put up. You talk about, uh, if, if we're talking about Brady, because of the number of Super Bowl rings, if that's the litmus test, if Mahomes ends up winning eight, then you can't continue to have the argument who's 2-0. 
you know, fake head-to-head -head matchup because it's either a litmus test or it's not. You just can't change the rules because of who you believe is the greatest because it's who you were a fan of or who you watched. I think you're absolutely right, Eugene, in that it can be, uh, we want who we watched to be the best. We love to believe that we witnessed the best. The fact is right now, in 2022, we're not witnessing any of the best baseball players that ever lived. You know, those happened before with DiMaggio and all of those guys. Uh, Babe Ruth, you can name someone from every generation. There are some right now that can be included in that conversation, but I don't think we're looking but at it. But it also goes down to the fans, too. It goes down to, because like, think about DiMaggio, Ruth, and, and even going, like, uh, hockey, Gretzky. NBA, Jordan, Bill Russell, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, NFL, Brady, uh, Joe Montana, Bradshaw. Like, the reason why you can be like, okay, we're looking at all-time greats is not just off performance on the field, because, yes, you do got to perform on the field, but it's this mythical aura around them. It's when they step up at the biggest moments. Like, we've seen Brady step up at the biggest moments. We've seen... Joe Montana step up at the biggest moments. We've seen Gretzky just step up at great moments. Like, it's the moments that you know in real time. It is their time to shine, and all the spotlight is on this star that we have been building up, and they have come to perform and absolutely deliver. That's why you have legends like Brady. One, we've watched Brady. I've watched Brady my entire life, basically. You know what I'm saying? I remember being five years old watching his first Super Bowl. I remember being five years old listening to John Madden talk about just take the knee, you have no timeouts left, and Brady orchestrates one of the greatest drives and one of the most underrated drives in Super Bowl history. And I've seen him do it time and time and time again. This is why Aaron Rodgers would not be considered a GOAT because we've seen from Aaron Rodgers time and time and time again when it mattered the most, Aaron Rodgers spoke. That's the same way to me about LeBron James. There have been inconsistent moments with LeBron. I'm not going to sit back and say LeBron has folded every single time, but there's been too many inconsistencies with LeBron of when it is time for him to step up to the plate. He either dishes it off to somebody else, he doesn't execute, or he does. It is just completely too inconsistent with LeBron. That's why I'm like, I'm not considering LeBron a GOAT. I'm not. So he's I'm not. not even in the conversation he's not even top five to me. He's not. Wow. He's not. When has LeBron actually stepped up? We can name. We can. I can name a few. I, I can name a few, but I can also name a few when he was supposed to step up and he absolutely choked it away. You can't say that he's never stepped or that he hasn't really stepped up though, because he has more game winners than Kobe. I didn't and he's say, number I didn't two. Say, I didn't say that LeBron didn't step up. I'm saying five many times that. LeBron has stepped up Find many times That LeBron hasn't stepped up We can't equally find both Cause it's not Everybody wants to point out Game winning shots Right That's that's like the 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 end all be all The eye opener Oh look how many Game winning shots he made But come on We talking about Defensive possessions We talking about Moments of Of passing it to the right guy We're talking about About you coming up With the biggest block Like LeBron's Biggest moment in his entire career, all this big career that he's that he's gotten, you know, all the moments, the great moments, the downfall moments. What is LeBron James' greatest moment in his entire career? It's a block, not even a shot. That led to the championship, right? But it did. I would wager. Uh, forget the year. Forgive me. I want to say 2000. 
2008, 2009, somewhere in there, where he made that buzzer beater. Orlando. Orlando 2009. Get us into the finals. No, that that only got us one game because Orlando made it. Yeah, yeah. Because Orlando, and and that's why why I put up the Orlando thing with LeBron. See, everybody talk about LeBron's weakest moment was, was the 2011 NBA Finals against the Dallas Mavericks. I point out... Not necessarily as a point-wise, but from a defensive standpoint, his worst series was by none the Orlando Magic series. He was a complete liability on defense against Orlando. I mean, how do you let he do Turkaloo just strap threes left and right in your face like that? How do you let Hidu Turkulu get around you and create open shots after open shots after open shots? How do you turn a conversation about talking about how champion how uh, players are measured into another great festival of LeBron? <laughs> oh, I don't know, because I always spin things. You know, that's how I do it here. You know what I'm saying? And, and to go with that, like, that wasn't even just LeBron. That was the team entirely. And the one thing that we know about basketball is matchups. And that was a really, really, really bad matchup for us. Really bad matchup matchup for us so that wasn't just LeBron that was our team in general LeBron's still a liability see he ain't got nothing to come back with <laughs> LeBron's still a liability go look at that series go look at that series I watched Cause, cause series you, cause you, yeah I did too and Jameer Nelson wasn't busting like that I mean Jameer Nelson was doing his thing but Jameer Nelson wasn't busting like that the two the two players that made an impact was Hidu Turkaloo and Rashad Lewis in that entire series? What, do, what did I just say? Matchups. And, who, and, who was going to guard? And, who was going to guard who, those guys? And who was Hidu Turkaloo? Who was responsible for Hidu Turkaloo? Okay, but who else was responsible for Rashad Lewis? Who was responsible for Dwight Howard? You got to take oh, we ain't had into nobody a, responsible exactly. For you got to take into account that they had to double team Dwight Howard because he was so dominant at the time. Zadrunas wasn't guarding him. The dude was too athletic. He'd go around him. Like, they were double-teaming Dwight Howard, but then you had wide-open shots from three-point range. That's what killed us. is that? Maybe if Mike Brown came up with a better game plan. It's LeBron's You going to put it on LeBron? Yes. So LeBron's the one that came up with the game plan? No, because why is LeBron letting Hidu Turkaloo get wide open like that? It wasn't even just Hidu. Hidu didn't have the possessions all the time. Jameer Nelson was the point guard. Yes, Hidu was a facilitator, but it wasn't just LeBron. It was just a bad matchup and a bad game plan. I'll never forget Hidu Turkaloo embarrassed us on national TV multiple times. That was See, I know what it was. I know what it was. You were... uh, Basically watching LeBron the entire time, and you weren't focusing on anybody else on our team. Because who the star of the team? I mean, that's not the point, though. That's not the point. Man, your judgment is cloudy. No, it ain't. You got such this despised. Look, I'm not a LeBron fan. I don't like him, all right? But even I recognize the impact that he has made on the game. And that is the game has gotten softer and selfish. Well, not just that. Yes, that's not the only thing. That's why him and Russell Westbrook don't work out. Listen, because they're the same player. So you're only looking at the negatives with LeBron, but you don't want to look at what he has done in, in terms of success at all. You don't want to look at any kind of positive thing that he has done. And that is. <laughs> we just. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it to you, Andy. You go ahead. We'll be right back after this message from the Lago Convention Center. <laughs> 
Is it 100 degrees outside and all you can think about is cooling down? Well, stop on over to your neighborhood Cold Stone Creamery. Summer isn't over yet, folks, and we have just the thing to cool you down and blow your taste buds away in the process. From ice cream to cakes, yogurt, sorbet, smoothies, and shakes, Cold Stone has a wide variety of delicious treats for you to choose from. Cold Stone even has a rewards program to earn points and save money on your favorite creamery selections. Just go to www.coldstonecreamery.com, join up, and place an online order to start earning rewards. This is the perfect excuse for you to take a trip with your family and try our limited time creation, the apple of my pumpkin pie in a waffle bowl or cone. Pumpkin bread batter, ice cream topped with pecans, graham cracker pie crust, apple pie filling, and caramel. If that's not appealing, Cold Stone has 31 more creations you can choose from or create your own. Again, go to www.coldstonecreamery.com and have the ultimate ice cream experience today. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. I'm here with the host, uh, Tyrell. Yo. I'm, I'm Andy, and we got here Eugene. What's up? We're coming at you from Cleveland, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, the Lago Convention Center, where the NBA All-Star Weekend is happening. So we started a segment uh, last time talking about the metrics of championships, and somehow we ended up talking about LeBron again. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened. So... Yes, sir. How's, How's it going? going? Good to see you. Come on, get in. Come on, let us read real quick. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. Come on in. Show people behind the scenes. Yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. What's your station? What's your platform? We are from Ohio Media School, part of the All All, All Sports Ohio. Nice. Yes, sir. That's dope, man. Sir, yes, sir. I'll see you guys very soon. Yes, sir. Doing a walk. I'll come back and talk to you. Sounds good. Thanks for stopping by. I all right, so we don't know who that was, but uh, we appreciate no. him stopping by. Yeah, Wonderful yeah. people, though. He had an ESPN hat on, so hey, maybe that was something. Uh, very uh, welcoming. So I know one of you had mentioned uh, Steph Curry. And, um, or no, I had mentioned Steph Curry. Yeah. I had mentioned Steph Curry. And we were talking about who has had an impact on the game, uh, changed the game in some way. Obviously, Jordan changed the game. Um, you know, when Dr. J was around, he changed the game, no doubt about it. And now people are talking about Steph Curry changing the game, and there's a debate going on whether or not it's for the better. Now, my submission to that debate is that he has not changed the game for the better. In fact, he has damaged the game because his game is so predominantly shooting threes that fundamentals have gone out the window, not necessarily in his game. I'm not saying he doesn't have fundamentals. I'm saying when you watch people learning the game, go to a high school game, go to a middle school game, you're going to see all these kids who are learning how to play, trying to shoot threes. And the coaches, that's what really bugs me, not trying to stop them. The fundamentals are gone. You don't see kids working on passing. You don't see kids working on defense. You don't see all of this other stuff happening. You see kids going for threes. Yeah. And in my opinion, that has had a big uh, negative effect on the game. I agree with you. I totally agree with you on that. I think the best example that you can really give is the Ball Brothers. Did you ever see them uh, playing in high school? At I think it was Chino Hills. No, I didn't. You should check out their their high school game film. Like, go just go on YouTube and you see. I think it was Lonzo. No, not Lonzo. I think it was Lamelo pulling up from half court, shooting threes, cherry picking. Like, get a defensive stop, and Lamella was all the way, all the way on the other side of the court. <laughs> Just taught. Did you? So I believe he scored 80 points in a game. Oh my goodness! In high school. 
I believe it was 80. It may have been 100 or something crazy like that. Well, but the stilt numbers. It was because of that. There was literally no fundamentals whatsoever. Right. I mean, some of these high-scoring games, it's just you know there's no defense going on. Yeah. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's no fundamental base, uh, basketball happening. I agree. I agree with you. And, uh, yeah, about Steph Curry, you know, damaging the – you know what? Can we hold – some of the adults accountable for that as well the the head coaches that are Absolutely. in charge of these teams because they're allowing that to happen and I'm pretty sure that once these guys get into college like some of the coaches in, on the college teams are a little frustrated at the fact that they have to teach these guys fundamentals in order to win because in high school not even high school middle school is where you're supposed to learn you know fundamentals but then for you to have to get to college and they have to reteach you that stuff, like, (laughs) I bet it's frustrating. Especially when they're there on sports scholarships. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're paying for you to be here. You better know how to play. (laughs) You better know how to defend and shoot a layup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to know how to guard, you know, play defense, step up, uh, pass the ball. And the one thing that does frustrate me about guys like Harden, like LeBron, those guys that relish off of the whole ISO game, Kyrie's another one. They don't know how to get. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say that they don't know how to get other players involved. That's more so with Kyrie. But with guys like Harden or LeBron, it's like you kind of like. It affects your team. You know, you got to be able to pass. Like, look at the Cavaliers and what we do. Everybody touches the ball. Right. Everybody's involved. You want to be able to involve the entire team. And LeBron's game. It doesn't really work like that. Like, you have to surround him with shooters. So Absolutely, and I am a LeBron fan. Everybody knows that by now. But i got to say, I've had more fun watching the Cavs this year yeah. than even when LeBron was. They are a fun team to watch. Like you say, they pass the ball around. They get everybody involved. It, it's We don't really have a superstar. Yeah. We have some in the making, I believe. Mm-hmm. But right now, we have just a solid group of guys. And it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and I, man, I was shocked at the fact that this team is playing so well this year. I had them winning maybe 34 games, if that. Right. Like, I had them in the, at the least 30 games, the most, like 34, 35 games this year. But the fact that they're fourth. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, and we have three all-stars. Not just that, but we have, what, four or five guys participating this all-star weekend alone. Right. Man. And I love their their game. Like I love how everybody gets involved. I love it. And they play some really, really good defense, too. Yeah, they sure do. The sky's the limit for this team. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think the sky's the limit as well. You know what I'm saying? But um, we don't want LeBron back. We don't want him back. Maybe Nobody said that. No, no, because I was I didn't know. I didn't call out people on Twitter. I didn't call out people on Twitter. We don't want him back. If y'all want him back, go down to Hudson, Ohio, and do some ice fishing, okay? That's all you got to do with that. If you want to have a good time here at All-Star Weekend, make sure y'all go down to Hudson, Ohio, do some ice fishing, skating, you know, ice fishing and everything like that. We don't want LeBron James back. I think Steph Curry, as far as a fundamental and a lower level-wise, though, he definitely has not changed the game for the better because everybody just wants to do the flashy stuff because all the kids are looking at are the flashy highlight stuff and all the highlight stuff is usually, you know, him 
shooting threes and everything like that. But if you look at Steph Curry's entire game, he's more than just a guy that shoots three. He knows how to dribble. He knows how to get inside of the paint. He knows how to score inside. He knows how to create his own shot. Um, not and as well you, as somebody else. If you remember, I said when I started, I'm not saying Steph doesn't have yeah. fundamentals. I'm saying that as a result of his game, we're seeing less fundamentals taught. Correct, correct. I agree. I agree with that. But I think as far as like, as far as a marketing point, as far as bringing excitement back to the NBA, I think Steph Curry has changed the game for the better in that because the NBA was starting to go down the drain with, you know, with viewership and, and interest from all types of fans because you've seen the LeBron era and him dominating and him doing the same stuff over and over again. And Steph Curry kind of gave that breath of fresh air for fans to come on back and watch the game. So I think in that sense, as far as viewership, as far as marketing, as far as watching something that is historically great that we're getting a chance to watch, I think that Steph Curry has changed the game for the better in that sense. Hey, Andy, can I ask you a question? Of course. All right. I think we would be in agreement by saying that I think we should enroll Tyrell and the – the NBA 10-step program. Okay. Explain that. Um, at no point did anybody mention the, any kind of effect that LeBron, you know, really had with fundamentals-wise, like, and somehow Tyrell just had to throw him in there. Well, that's okay. We were mainly focused on Steph Curry. We were focused on Steph Curry. I threw LeBron out as an example for ISO ball, but... It had nothing to do with the, you know, yeah. the main argument. <laughs> That's all right. It makes for good conversation. But it did make me think of another thing. You said that the viewership suffered with uh, the domination of LeBron. And conversely, we talk about the domination of Tom Brady. And was people would probably say he was celebrated because of his domination. So it's yet another unequal metric among sports. And, you know, it goes back to talking about the rings versus no rings, things like that, and who uh, is considered great because of number of championships. Now we're talking about the domination of the game either being good or bad for the sport. There are inconsistencies here. And these inconsistencies, one way or the other, it just bugs me. It's media-driven also. Absolutely. Narratives. I hate the media. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That would have been great because we're in the media. And you're just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate the media. By the way, will you hire me? Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. We're going to take a break right now. Come back to us after just a few short messages. Most public service announcements task you with helping up the public. This one is a little different. Please, take a moment to look inward. When is the last time you asked yourself, am I actually okay? The CDC reports suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Mental health is not something to be ashamed of. If you feel off at all and not yourself, take a moment to visit projectsemicolon.com and take a mental health assessment and find out, am I really okay? Welcome back to Technique It Is Real. I'm Andy, and I got Eugene down there with, hosting with me, and we got a special guest for it, with us right now. Uh, artist by the name of GM out of New York. How uh, you doing, GM? I'm good. How are you, man? Doing well, thanks. Hope you're enjoying your visit here to Cleveland. I, I am. It's my first time in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm uh, 
you know, New York is cold, but y'all got y'all got a different type of cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we certainly do. Coming off that lake, two man. jackets. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is, man. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you got going on. What's what's happening? Um, right now, we're just on a media tour. Right now, with WTSX Power One Four Point Nine. Shout out to Uncle Boogie, Johnny O, the Nerve DJs. Um, but yeah, we're just doing a little promo tour. I got my single out right now, uh, called Jingling. Um, but uh, we just uh, we just out here working, man. Networking and, and working. All right, man. <laughs> and good. trying to and trying to catch the All Star game. I want to see LeBron. Where's LeBron? Oh, I came man. to Cleveland. That's the first thing I thought. I, I got a pin off the airport and a uh, lanyard. I said, y'all give out pins in in, in Cleveland? <laughs> We're I a friendly so, town. Oh, so welcome. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly love having you. Absolutely. So, tell us about your single. Where can we get it? What's it called? Um, it's called Jingling. Um, just uh, like Jingling Baby, you know, LL Cool J, Jingling Baby. Yep. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remade that song. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on uh, on the gram at Two Letter King, number two Letter King. That's on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, all my links are right there on my page. You can follow my links. Anything, everything you want is right there. It's all on one page. So, all right, very cool, um, very cool. But shout out to so shout out to Uncle Boogie again, man. Power one hundred four point nine WTSX. Okay. Right. Sorry, Eugene. Uh, so how long have you been an artist for? Uh, I've been doing this since I was 11, but like seriously, since I was like 17. Really? 18, so you say like I got like you know a couple. I got some time. Okay. <laughs> you have any albums? Any uh, projects? Yeah, I got, I got like six solo. I got like six or seven out right now. I just dropped an uh, EP last April. We working on two albums right now. Uh, we got a little situation going on. Um, got some big names going to be on. Got some big producers behind it. Shout out to Zaytoven out of Atlanta. Um, but yeah, we working, working hard, man, trying to get to the next level. Beethoven, man, that's pretty big. Yeah, man, we working, we working, man, yeah. we working, we working. So, uh, if somebody wants to listen to your music, where would they find it on? Uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, title all at GM, just GM. Um, SoundCloud, uh, the only GM. YouTube, my YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all the same. Two Letter King. Okay, so it's number two. Letter King. Okay. Now, what does GM stand for? Uh, it stands for God Made. Okay. But I got, you know, I used to go by that for a while, and then um, people just started calling me GM because they didn't want to call me God. Okay. And I didn't really feel like being called. I didn't really want to be called that either because, you know, I don't <laughs> Too much responsibility. Too much, way too much. Way too much. But uh, so I just, I just ran with GM, and it, and, it, and it just rolls off the tongue, you know? That's why it's two-letter king, you know? All right, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So tell me about some of your early influences. Um, I would say um, a lot of Nas, a lot of, a lot of Big, sure. a lot of Michael Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of 50. 50s what really made me just, you know, say, you know what, I'm just going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to do it. All right. Um, of course, Jay-Z. You know, Jay-Z plays a big part. But um, mostly, I just, you know, music is in my family. I was uh, grew up around music, you know. Okay. It's always been in my family. Everybody in my in my family either either sings or raps or, you know, writes music or can dance. You know, it's just music is just something that my family has just gravitated to over the years. Okay. It yeah. sort of helps... Uh... It helps me because it's easy. It's, you know, All it's right. easy. Fair yeah. enough. You know, and it, it creates a bond that makes bond a family yeah, bond yeah. even and I get stronger. To, and I get to t- and I get to tell my story. That's most important. Like I get to tell you know through my eyes. They don't you know you never know who's, who's going through the same thing. You know that's always been that was always one of my my uh, how you say it, starters to music because I wanted people to see 
where I was coming from. And, you know, you never know if somebody got the same story, you know. And sure. they may make better decisions than I did when I had that, that situation. Oh, that, that's good, man. How many times have we wished we could see ourselves at, at a certain age and yeah. say, hey, yeah. take this lesson I wish now. I could go back, <laughs> go back to 17-year-old me. Oh, man. Absolutely. Oh, if I man. Would, if I could go he'd back be a billionaire. 19, just, he'd be a billionaire. I'd just kick my, my, my own butt if I could go back to that age and say, stop being so stupid. But that's okay. It's those mistakes that make us who we are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it sounds like you're on a good path, man. Yeah, so very good path, man. Good, good stuff path. happening. Good path. I, I got a tunnel vision. Like, like the photo. So, um, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. I got a dope little setup right here. Oh, thanks. We appreciate it. I'm going to come back to Cleveland when it's hot. All right, yeah, nah, it it's cold. Nah, when it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely cold, especially yeah. right here by the lake. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's been great having you. Thanks All for right, stopping. Man, right, you appreciate mind it. if I ask you a question yeah, real quick, yeah, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you got any like new projects coming out uh, soon or anything like that? Anything your fans could uh, look out for? Uh, I'm working on a 2000s project, and I'm working on another title. I mean, another project that's untitled. So, like the 2000s project, I'm taking it back to like the 2000s era, like okay. Diddy. Uh, early Fab, Jagged Edge, you know, I'm giving that type of vibe, putting a spin on it, and then I got another untitled project, um, but we drop it soon, I'm gonna drop a single soon, I haven't decided when yet, but I'll be dropping soon, maybe in the next month. Alright, cool, know, cool, Fans Thank still you. loving jingling, so I gotta let them rock, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Alright. Well, hey, man, we wish you all the best. Oh, I appreciate Thank it, Thank you so much. I wish y'all the best, too, man. I'm gonna come check y'all again, man. I'm telling you, when I come back out here, I'm gonna hit y'all up. Alright. Like, I'm back in Cleveland, I got shorts. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. Thanks so much, man. Take care of that. Take care. Appreciate you, man. Have you ever woke up on Christmas Day hungry? You have, perhaps you could relate. The one in seven Americans, Feeding America helps annually. The giving season is upon us, so visit feedingamerica.org where a donation of just $1 can provide 10 meals for a hungry family. 98% of all cash donations go directly into programs serving Americans who are in need. If you're interested in more information, please visit feedingamerica.org where you can do your part to help prevent yet another family from going without during the incoming holiday season. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. I'm your host, Andy Betts, here with Tyrell and Eugene. We've got a special guest for us. With us, Righteous is joining us today. Righteous, how you doing? I'm good, man. How y'all? How y'all? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Oh, man, no problem, man. So where are you coming from today? Uh, we, uh, we got a couple shows lined up today. We had the, uh, the audience tonight, you know, opening up money for money bag, yo. No, just, uh, okay. Doing shows in the city, trying to hold it down. All right, so so you're a local guy from yes, this sir, area. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, cool. I like hearing that. Yeah. Uh, so you're playing at the Odeon tonight. So have you had other other shows coming up, or have you been playing around? What's been what's been happening? Um, I got a couple things lined up. Uh, more, I like to say, to be announced soon. You know. Okay. But other than that, yeah. Fair enough. Uh-huh. All right, so. Uh, can we follow you on social media? What, what do you have happening out there? We can look you up. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Big Righteous or uh, Where Is Righteous. Uh, that's on everything, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. Where Is Righteous or Big Righteous. You can go to whereisrighteous.com. Okay. All right, very good. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Or, uh, some of your influences, some of the stuff that you've been following and what you're going for. Uh, I'm a local rapper from 140 30 started out as about eight or nine years old, just, you know, getting in, doing little circuits and shows and stuff like that. Uh, as far as influences, I like pretty much everybody. I like all artists, you know, Gucci uh, Mane. I listen to everything, smooth jazz, rap, you know, R&B, everything. So it's like, I'm kind of like everywhere with it, you know what I mean? So I'm influenced by everything. All right, so a nice eclectic blend of 
of, of everything, just kind of make you find your own sound. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. So, so who would you uh, compare yourself to out there that we might that we might know? What type of sound you? Uh, I don't really know who could. I mean. Uh, I, I can't see nobody that really authentic like I am. You know? Fair enough. That, I mean, no disrespect, like but just me, it's just, you know, just a different thing. You know? No, no, absolutely. I like yeah. that. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, all right, so so what, do you have any other uh, projects on the horizon? You said some concerts were to be announced. Uh, yeah, I actually got a single I just dropped called The Future Is Now. Uh, you can get that on DSPs, you know, anywhere you can get music from. Uh, Righteous, R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U, dollar sign. Okay. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, as far as mixtape, I got a mixtape coming out called Lord Forgive Me. Uh, we ain't got a date for it, but we shooting for March, you know. March, probably end of March, maybe March 25th, March Madness, something like that, you know what I mean? All right. But, yeah. So you've got a lot of big things happening on the horizon. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So... So, um, with, with you being open-minded to music and everything like that, different genres, do you feel like that has helped you make uh, your sound unique compared to everybody else that's out there? Yeah, yeah, because I kind of come at beats different. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, like, people kind of, nowadays, kind of they kind of like one direction with rap, you know what I mean? Mm. I try to just keep it, I don't want, I don't want to say versatile, but I just kind of keep it, keep them guessing, you know what I mean? I kind of go off my emotions and just let it ride, you know what I mean? Okay, uh, now, let me ask you this. Uh, Three of your favorite uh, artists right now. Three of my favorite artists right now. I had to say, on the big side, like on the big known side, I had to say like Skiller Baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see, uh, Gucci. I'm a, I'm a Gucci fan. Okay. Uh, and no cap, no cap. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Eugene got anything? Oh, okay. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, Righteous, we really appreciate having you on here. Uh, we certainly wish you all the best. We'll be supporting you. We'll be watching, especially a local guy like you. Um, I appreciate we, it. We want to do everything we can to support a local artist. I yep. For it. sure, for sure. Anything Keep repping 216 and everything. We that's right, man. Yes, Get those sir. Cleveland artists on the map. Yeah, so, yeah that's what I'm shooting for, man. If there's anything we can do for you, we want to we support you in that and uh, wish you all the best. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks right. for having me. Hey, thanks no for coming by. Uh-huh. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has the right to feel confident and secure when they wear swimwear. But we all know that that's not the case. So let's shop Vibe Swim. Vibe Swim is a swimwear brand that has the hottest styles for all sizes, genders, and of course, vibes. Be all that you are in new Vibe Swim pieces that you can purchase online at www.vibeswim.com. Again, that's www.vybeswim.com. All right, welcome back to Technically It Is Real. I'm your host, Andy Betts. I'm here with Eugene Huggins, and we got a special guest joining us right now. Young Schools, how's it going, man? Man, it's going great. I'm feeling lovely. It feels good to be back in Cleveland. Like I said, I just moved away from here, and uh, I got, like, accustomed to the culture and the people here and the vibes here, and, like, this type of thing. I'm originally from Alabama. I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, like, artists supporting each other, radio stations supporting artists, local artists, and um, I'm just loving it. I'm loving the vibe. I'm loving the energy. And, like, I, I feel like I fit right in. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. So it's really dope. I might need to talk closer to the mic, right? <laughs> I think you sound all right. Yeah, Cleveland's definitely a special place, isn't it? It is. I actually lived in Aurora. I had a, I had a awesome house out there. I, it broke my heart to have to leave there. But, uh, no. I love Aurora. opportunities. Uh, yeah, well, advancement, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta yeah, do. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, but exactly. I, no, I really did love it here, and I'm glad to be back. So yeah, we're we're happy to have you back. So what do you got going on right now? Oh man, I got so many things going on. Um, 
I just released a new EP, Monopoly. It's on all social, uh, all, on all streaming platforms. Uh, I dropped that on Christmas Eve. And then I just dropped a new single, Wake Up. It's like kind of an inspirational song, especially considering the last two years. But we've been going through this pandemic and then being isolated. And then, you know, we losing our loved ones and all that stuff. I wanted to put something out there for the, the world to listen to, to be able to be motivated. Like, look, if you're waking up in the morning, and so you got something to be positive about, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you gotta pull a positive out of negative out of negative situations. So I feel like this something's gonna be relatable to all demographics, to all people, because this this pandemic has been something serious. It's been and, tough. Oh, it's super, super tough. But the thing about it is we are, we're humans, we're resilient people. And as long as we can have some type of influence that can be able to help us tap into that positivity, you know, we'll persevere. Absolutely, absolutely. All the time. So tell me, you got any uh, projects going on? Oh, yes. I, I, like I said, I did just have Monopoly drop on Christmas Eve. I am working on a new project. Uh, Audio, his name's Audio, one of the producers. I've known him for like 15 years. We lost contact because, you know, when you grow up and you move and, you know, things happen, you lose contact. But I reconnected with him when I went out to L.A. for vacation this past year. And he is one of the very, very few producers that like, really challenges me. Like, right, they're loud, it's okay. We can get loud too, though. It's all good. But what I was saying was, I reconnected with Audio. Uh, he's a really dynamic producer, and I I do not like sticking to one genre, one one range. I, I, I hate being in a box. Mm -hmm. And when I very first started making music, it was like, well, I'm not going to tell my age, but it was a little before, like, the Drakes and then, no, no, the rap singing thing and before T-Pain, and I was always a singer and a rapper, and when I was a younger artist, they were like, you got to choose one. You can't be both. I'm like, well, then if I can't be both, then I'm not being my authentic self. An artist is an artist. I'm not a rapper. I am an artist. Like, look, it's, it's about the, the, the full scale of the things. You know, it's, it's seen, not seen just the trees, seen the whole forest, right? Mm -hmm. And that that evolution, that evolutionary journey for me as an artist has really got me into like my own look. I, I want to create my own genre. That's what I want to do. But they're like, you rap, you sing, you do all this. So you pop here, your R&B here. No, I'm just. I'm just music. Your schools. I'm schools. I'm young schools. That's what. That's my. I was actually named by my eldest brother. He's the one that got me into music because I'm, my life has always been deeply immersed in music. Since third grade, I played alto, saxophone in the band. I was a band geek. Band got me through college. Alto right, and soprano. Yeah, alto and soprano, saxophone, bassoon, and symphonic band. I still I play around with guitar and piano, and I grew up in the church. I'm from like Birmingham. I'm from the south. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the church singing, so my life has always been deeply immersed in music. So when my brother put me in my first studio at 14, I, I felt like at home. Like this is my sanctuary, not not, not that other place, mm -hmm. but this is the real sanctuary. And I felt like I came into my own, and I could be like be me and since then I mean I just just I, I've taken it and ran with it because he was he was dope I looked up to him but I'm way better than him now <laughs> way way better and much more humble 
<laughs> I mean, I may come off conceited, but no, I've been no, recording no. since I was 14. No, um, not at so all. So we're about 20 years. Okay. 20 years of writing. And I was a, I got my first poem published in fourth grade, too. So we've, I've been writing and doing music. I just, my brother was able to get me to be able to make it like a cohesive unit opposed to one separate entity and the other. And once I've been able to put that together, I was like, okay, I got it. So who were some of your early influences that led oh, you down this path? Man, I grew, well, I grew up. In the age where like Eminem, one of my favorite rappers, Ludacris, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, um, geez, um, Nas. Nas was the first like real hip hop song that got me into it because I actually saw how it was like rap is rhythm and poetry. People forget that a lot, but it was able, it enabled me to be able to put a rhythmic and the syncopation to the actual words that I was already writing because I feel like if you are not saying something to you, if you build an audience, if you build a following, you have an obligation to, to actually give them something. More than just dancing. Anybody can make somebody dance. You can say ha ha hoo hoo on a, a, on a tight beat, but if you're not giving them anything that is going to be relatable or just going to help them it, it help them or anything. I'm just saying, you know how music has been so diluted. Hip hop music specifically has been so diluted, and I think they got a lot to do with the labels and stuff. But you might want to just delete that part. <laughs> you can still sign me though. It's okay. <laughs> as long as the numbers match up, we're good. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, like I got to tell it on my skin. This is something that means everything to me. I got a great career already. I don't have to do music. I, and I'm not saying that to to be. You're doing it because you love it. I do it because I have to. I make music because I have to. I, I, when I meet people, I ask them what their passion is, and there's a, there are certain criteria that need to be met when I when I say what your passion is. Your passion is something that you would do if these. Yeah. I know, right? Your passion is something that you would do if the monetary system were to collapse. We were living in socialism. Everybody had everything that they needed. You didn't have to take care of kids. You ain't got to take care of family. You got everything you need. What would motivate you to get up in the morning to do just because you have to do it? That is what a genuine passion is. That's a great definition. This is my passion. Okay. And my mu I feel like my music speaks for itself because it's very diverse. It's all over the place. And I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like life is all over the place. And it sounds to me a bit like you started out more as a lyricist, a poet, looking for an avenue to get that across. Uh, yes, I, I struggle with that a lot. I told you that's where the dilemma uh, occurred when I was younger because I like to sing, and then I, I, I was a lyricist. And, and my favorite rappers, you know, Eminem, uh, Ludacris, these are people that I still remember where I was the first time I heard Stan. Mm. And how it actually like no say damn it was you and I was like he just painted a whole picture I, I don't even see him and if you're not doing that you're missing what the hell are you doing right yeah yeah I hear you absolutely. Um, I don't mean to hijack the conversation. I'm a talker. No, no, this is great stuff. This man. is I appreciate awesome. You sharing well, thank this you, with thank us. you. I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, Young Schools, S K O O L Z. S K O O L Z. And like I said, I originally got the name from my brother because I had a very extensive vocabulary, but it evolved as I evolved as an artist. And now, Young Schools means 
Mm -hmm. Old school lyricism meets new school production. So the beats are going to sound like them, but what I'm talking about, and they're not going to be able to replicate it, duplicate it, because authenticity is something that you cannot copy. Right, yeah. You can't copy it. You, you can't can try. It. Right. Hey, try as much as you want. <laughs> I would love, I love versus battles. Let's do a versus. Yeah, Anybody. Yeah. Anybody right now, let's do it. Well, I'm out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't stand a chance. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. But yeah, I, I feel like I kind of hijacked this. No, I'm going to let you no, no, take no. the reins. This, this, has been, this has been fantastic. We appreciate you coming to spend a few minutes with us. Uh, in fact, you know, we're working on uh, getting some local music uh, out there. You know, especially here in Cleveland, we've got a lot of great local artists, and we're looking for the medium to, to promote them. Uh, there's a lacking of a voice, lacking an outlet. A lot of that. That's everywhere, though. Man. It Look, really is. Yeah. I've been a private contractor for nine years. I've been to 18 states in one of the countries in the last nine years. Really? And it's the same, it's the same issue, the same, the same hurdles when it comes to like local artists and especially people that are trying to give them a platform to be able to get to that next level and it's the same thing everywhere you go and it just takes people like you and you to be able to actually hey you have a voice what you gotta say yeah and give them the opportunity to speak on top of the music if your music is dope your music will speak for itself but if you don't have a a, 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 a position a, a perspective then you're just someone that can put things together that sounds good. But right. that's not what an artist is. The artist has an obligation to be able to do, to do more than that. Uh, like Eminem, the first time I heard Stan, that changed my life. That changed me. I was like, wow. That's something beautiful. That's something that nobody can make a stand. Mm -hmm. Nobody can make another stand. Mm -hmm. But that song right there is what made me want to continue to pursue doing music. Because I want to be able to have that type of influence on someone else. And I have my, everybody has their horizontal, and I got plenty of them. And I talk about those things in my music. So if I can save a life, if I can help someone, if I can let someone out there realize that, look, you're not alone. The way that you feel is justified. It's rational. It's just because they don't get it does not mean that the way that you feel and what you see and what you're what you are dealing with isn't rational and justified. And sometimes an artist is the one person that can do that. You don't know you you are you are a quote unquote fan, but you don't know me personally. But I said something that touched your heart, so you do know me, yeah. and I know you. Absolutely, and that's what I want to do. Absolutely, you know, I mean, it's it's very uh, artists create, you know, and when you talk about music being diluted sometimes, and there's a lot of people falling into making just a good beat that you can dance to. Yeah, the the, the, the term musician has suffered a little bit as, as because oh. of that. But at the end of the day, artists create. Yes. And that is, that's just a beautiful thing. That is, an artist is one of the most courageous people on the planet because regardless of how good or bad your music is, if you have the courage to put something that's meaningful to you on paper and then on a microphone and then out to the whole world, and you know the world's not nice, especially no. with social media. It's not nice. 
there is, is a, I respect all artists. I don't like all artists. Sure. I respect them though. If you get the courage to be here to do something like that, there's a vulnerability that it takes to do that. But, oh, that, it's, a, it's a, yeah. a high level of vulnerability. And, and, a great and if you wear your feelings like a sleeve, like I do, when I hear something bad, I, your, your song's trash. No, you don't mean that, do you? Right, exactly. <laughs> but you develop that tough skin over time. And sure. You realize that, look, what, you can make the best song in the world. It's not going to appeal to everybody. Right, now, uh, but you're absolutely right that some people that you uh, come across art and whether it's music or painting or poetry, it's their it's their comfort, it's their solace. It's it's just they, they can find something there. They can find something there. It doesn't matter the style of music necessarily. It, whether it's when you talk about hip hop, when you talk about rap, when you talk about rock, country, classical, I don't care. There are people out there that find their soul and they find their comfort in music that has been created by artists. The universal language. Absolutely. Look, I, I've seen, no, I've seen Les Mis, Wicked, and Phantom of the Opera. Um, but I love all types of music. Yes, absolutely. I, I love some country. I'm not going to be like, I'm the biggest country fan. I like I like some Jenny Cash songs. And I'm, and I'm old school. Like, I'm from, like I said, I'm from the South. But yeah. I do, I do love, I will, I will, I will make all right. I promise you. No, I'm going to do that this year. Then I want to hear that. that that's great. I want to hear that. I'm going to put that on. Right, I'm more of a. I'm not a big country fan myself, but uh, as far as country, I'd say I'm probably a Darius Rucker country right? fan. You know, I mean, it's, I it's mean, valuable. I like, I like. I like like some Carrie Underwood. I like some. Yeah. That's pretty much all I can name right now. Right. <laughs> exactly. But I saw her American Idol. Like I said, I remember. Her. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I, I love all, all music and all its facets and. Even if I don't, it's not something that I will play in my car, I can at least appreciate it. Right. Right? Because I played Tchaikovsky, I played Whole Singer, I played classical pieces, like the Overture of 1812. I played that. Boom. Right. Absolutely. So I played this, so I got a greater appreciation of music than most. And that may sound, look, I'll be talking myself up. No, no. But I do got a broader perspective. Appreciation for music and, and, and the way it comes because I'm, I'm a win-win. Yeah, I play music and I understand how all the when, when the brass, when the the strings, when the percussion, when everything comes together, it makes something that one instrument can do and, and, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's all linked. I mean, you go back far enough, and not even beyond classical music. I mean, I was a music student as well, but you go back and you talk about Gregorian monks, which evolves then into classical music, which evolves into uh, opera, you know, opera evolves into uh, whatever it may be, the soul. It's all connected, it's all connected from the beginning. And, it, and this is something about the human experience. Right. So, music it is, music is like an innate, like, like, like primitive, Function. Yes. We made music before we had instruments. We were just if right. we were hitting on rocks. Right. We were doing something because that's just a, a part of our our psyche, our, our DNA, whatever whatever euphemism you want to use. But we we are musical beings. Absolutely, and, and I appreciate that. I think you and I are the same vein in that I, I have a hard time with somebody who claims to be a musician that doesn't appreciate anything other than their what preference. Yes, it, it just it makes no sense to me. Uh, there's 
there's so much more to it. There's so much more root in it. And they're so limited. They're limiting themselves by not even trying to look at the broad spectrum of what music is. It's not just one thing, but it's all human expression. Absolutely. It all came from the brain of a human. And it all came from people wanting to get whatever's inside out. Wow. Uh, schools, this is me, great, man. Me and you Thank are like, you. like for real, like musical soulmates. But yes. you got the same vantage point on that. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I wanted to make music to let other people know that uh, they weren't alone. I just had an interview with someone that let me know that I'm not alone. And I actually, actually see things the way that I see it and appreciate it. So, no, I'm honored for being, being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for this, man. I mean, we're here for a basketball event. This yeah. has been the highlight for me. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you I wish too, man. you all the best. Uh, I'll follow you on all, you know, all social media. Make you got sure it you all, man. There. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming by. Likewise, man. Enjoy hey, the yeah. weekend. Enjoy Cleveland. Y'all, y'all come check me out. Absolutely. All right, all right man. All right, thanks. A average family of four can waste 180 gallons of water per week, with most Americans wasting 82 gallons in one single day. Letting a faucet run while washing dishes can waste 10 gallons of water every five minutes. Water waste is a problem, but we can all do our parts to fix this by replacing old efficient faucets, turning off the water while brushing our teeth, and installing water sense equipment to save water and money. Let's do our part by saving more water and protecting our environment. All right, welcome back to Technically It Is Real. This is Tyrell Jackson. I'm here joined today with Tommy. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing good, doing, doing good, good, brother, doing good. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself and uh, you know what brings you here today. So uh, I'm here for All-Star Weekend, man. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. I live in L.A. right now, and uh, I make hip-hop music. Okay, that's what's up. So uh, you got any projects coming out for your hip-hop music or anything? Yes, I do. I got a project set to drop March 15th titled March Madness. Okay, and uh, where can they find your music at? I mean, you can find music anywhere, man. Spotify, Apple, you know, all the major platforms. Just type in Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, and then FBC. All right, so what uh, what got you into music and what inspired you to get into music? Um, Just, I think I've always had a passion for music. My father used to make music. Um, I, I've always loved writing, so it, it was kind of a natural... I had a natural draw to it, but I'll say what made me start taking it seriously was just um, having a song go viral in 2016, and just ever since then, just really being like, this is something that I want to do, you know, professionally. All right, that's so. So, uh, you got any like favorite artists that influence you or anything like that? Um, man, I, I I feel like I listen to you know a lot of artists, but um, in, in terms of influence, um. I think my, my surroundings more than anything, you know. I, I can't really just say a certain artist, I just say more so my surroundings and the way I grew up kind of more than anything. Okay, mm-hmm. so Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, yeah. How long you been living out in Los Angeles, by the way? I've been living in LA for six years. Six years? All right, yep. so what you think about that Rams Super Bowl win? Man, look, I, I had some money on the game, so, you know, my, my, my anxiety was pretty through the roof. You know, most of the game, but you know, Rams ended up pulling it through. I'm a Ravens fan at heart, but yeah. you know, what I'm saying Rams took it. I, I ain't mad. You know, you know, you know we we out here, you know, Cleveland, yep, Browns, yep, you know, yep, uh, yep, you know yep, disappointment yep. ass team. You know, <laughs> so what, what you think about uh, what, what you think the Ravens can do to like improve that team? Because I mean, y'all y'all relying on Lamar a little bit a too lot. much. Out I know it. I know it. Um, I really feel like we got enough pieces, man. I. I just, I really thought we was we was gonna go further than we did this year, but um, yeah, especially with that eight and three start, you, man. Like that, yeah. I, 
it still kind of messes with me a little bit because because I, I I really felt like we was gonna go further. But I, I, I like how the squad is. I, I I love Lamar, man. I just. I don't know. I, you'll get me started now. Yeah, we, we no, get no, on that. Go, go ahead and get started, man. We, we keep we'll it on there. We'll get me started on, here, on that. We keep it on there. Go ahead and get started. I done had plenty of rest on this show before, man. Go ahead and get started, man. It don't oh, matter. Man. Uh, so, like, what, what's your thoughts about uh, being here in Cleveland? Is this your first time in Cleveland? or Man, this is my first time in Cleveland, man. It's cold. But I ain't complaining, though, because, you know, like I said, I grew up in Baltimore. But living yeah. in L.A. for so long, coming out here, woo. No, it'll it be springtime tomorrow. You know, it's supposed to be like... <laughs> People been saying that. That's yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be like degrees tomorrow. That's no, this, crazy. Welcome to Cleveland, man. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's crazy because we, we had... I don't know how long you... How long you been here? Like, since Friday night or something? Uh-huh, like since Friday so, night, yep. Wednesday, Thursday, we had 50-something uh-huh. degree weather. But then Golly. the temperature dropped in the middle of Thursday. <laughs> and then it's going to be 50-something degrees. Welcome to Cleveland, man. Golly. Yeah. I love it though. I love yeah, it. So. I love the people out here too. Yo, Cleveland, Ohio people cool, y'all. And I've always been saying that. I meet a lot of Ohio people in LA, and I always get along with Ohio people. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, because I mean, we get this whole, especially like this city, we get this whole narrative like we're a complete joke mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm, like that. No, mm-hmm. the city nice. I mean, it look a little rough, you know. And, uh-huh. and it's not LA or New York or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, you know, we got our own thing. Uh-huh. It's like cool, that. though. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. So, um, would you got any like favorite artists that you listen to right now? Or? Mm, I'm Say favorite artist wise, man. Um, uh, uh, who would my favorite artist be right now? I'm, I, I really, I really listen to a lot of my guys. You know what I'm saying? I listen to a lot of Young Whiff. Listen to a lot of J Kills, FBC Card. I kind of listen to a lot of guys surrounded around me. So those who my favorites would be. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Well, but now, if you want to talk about who, <laughs> all right, all right, let's talk about nah, that. That's a That's a whole other discussion. All right. So look, LeBron James. Where you putting the matter of your all time? You know, I love Jordan, and I know this debate goes back and forth and forth and forth and forth. But I'm gonna put Jordan only because I think I think I, oh God, you gonna you gonna have me stuttering. Come on, I'm gonna started. say Jordan just because the mindset. I feel like as a hooper, when you have the mindset that you're gonna go out and go dominate somebody, and you do it. It's almost like that's like triple the points of, of what you know what I'm saying most people right. accomplish. Like that's super bragging rights. Cause I just said I'ma go out there and give you forty and I gave you fifty. And right. I feel like Jordan was doing that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I would kind of put him at that number one list. But when you wanna just talk about all around game, I mean you gotta say the kid from Akron, you gotta say Braun. I just can't say nobody else. I can't. You always say LeBron loses championships all the time, you know. So. But you know what's sad? If LeBron won more championships, I'd have to say LeBron. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. just what that. That's the sad so, part so about you, it. You got a top five that you got to put together right now. Top five best NBA players in your personal opinion. Who your top five? In this day and age? Just in general. Just in general. Top five of all time. All time. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot on this one. Of all time, all right. I'm going to make my top five. I'm going to say CP at the one, Kobe at the two. I'm putting Braun at the three. I'm putting, I'm putting, ooh, I'm putting Olajuwon at the four. Okay. And I'm putting Shaq at the five. Oh, my God. Hey, that's not even a uh, fair lineup. No, that's not. So I, I, that's I do, too much. That's I'll, too much. That's I'll put AI at the one. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I said AI. Okay, okay. Put Kobe at the two. Okay. 
Jordan can play the three, so I'm gonna put Jordan at the three. Oh man, he gonna bring Jordan, y'all. Okay. Yeah, I'm put Duncan at the four. Oh. Can't go wrong with the big fundamental. Can't go wrong with that at all. And then five, I gotta go with Hakeem. <laughs> I gotta go with Hakeem. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, that'll be the littest game right there. That'll be probably one of the most littest. I wish I really be wishing Like I don't know If they can do that In virtual reality In the future Or something yeah. But I would love To just match up Some of these greats With each oh, other yeah. And just see them yeah. Hooping they prime Like can we get an AI Like a simulation right. Like what y'all think Would happen or something You like know AI and Steph You know what I'm oh, saying In his prime Just in let's just prime. see You know I wish I would so, uh, thank you for your time. Nah, man. thank you, you man. Thank you for sure, for sure, man. This, this is dope. Y'all, you dope. continue to enjoy Cleveland. Stay warm out there. Definitely, it'll most be, definitely. It'll be Cleveland warm tomorrow. I don't know about <laughs> LA warm, but it'll be Cleveland warm tomorrow. Most definitely, most definitely. All right, thanks. All right, bro. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has the right to feel confident and secure when they wear swimwear. But we all know that that's not the case. So let's shop Vibe Swim. Vibe Swim is a swimmer brand that has the hottest styles for all sizes, genders, and of course, vibes. Be all that you are in new Vibe Swim pieces that you can purchase online at www.vibeswim.com. Again, that's www.vybeswim.com. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. This is Eugene Huggins, and we have a special guest with us, Fred, a.k.a. Sav. How you doing? Good, man. appreciate you for having me, man. You're my dog. I ain't going to see you. So it's good to see you here. to catch up. And I'll see you on your grind. So I appreciate you having me, bro. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. So it's been a really long time since I've seen you, man. We definitely got to catch up. So, you know, tell me what's going on with you right now. Man, just been grinding, bro. Rapping, rapping, putting on project after project, video after video. Like, in August, I released my last project. Uh, it's called Hollywood Sav. Uh, it's on all platforms. Uh, and then, like, within the next few weeks, I'm going to release a new project. So, you know what I'm saying? It's called Shoot or Shoot. And we're just grinding, bro, grinding. That's good. That's how you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah, so have you have have you had any like big hits? Uh, I mean like not like no like viral, nothing crazy, but like like locally like I got like songs with Ray Junior that did good. So you know there's other Cleveland artists who did good, but you know, I ain't really like go viral or you know, nothing too crazy yet. But, okay. Well you know, just I have some some success, you know, in my eyes, but you know, it's nothing crazy. Okay, well, just know we're going to get you there. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's work so, since you've done your, since you started doing music, like, what is it that has really driven you to want to, you know, be bigger and better? Like, what's the one thing that has, like, motivated you? I just like rapping, bro. Like, I like the, the craft. Like, I just like being, like, nice. Like, I like... When I rap, people think that I'm nice. Like, so that just keeps me going. So I like when I hear music. You know, we all need music, bro. We love music. So, you know, some way for me, even if you don't do music. So, like, when I hear good music, you know, that inspires me. Just keep me going. You know, life, you know, and then I should therapeutic for me. Like, you know, I'm a kind of an introverted person, so I don't really talk a lot. So, you know, I get these thoughts out, you know, in the music. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm introverted myself. Like, I'm not much of a talker as well. Right. So, I definitely feel you on that end. So, Seth. Uh, I've met you, Andy. Nice to meet you. Nice Thanks to for joining you, us man. today. 
So do you have any projects you're working on right now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my new my new EP is called Shooter Shoot. Um, I'm gonna release it soon. I don't have an official date yet, but like within the next 30 days, it's coming for sure. Like it's called Shooter Shoot. You know, it's just Shooter Shoot. Like you gotta be ready for your opportunity when it comes. You, know, you gotta be ready to take advantage of it, and you know, so you can't make the shot if you don't shoot it. So you know, what I'm saying, you just gotta be you gotta be ready to go. All right, cool. So are you playing locally around here? Are you doing like clubs? Um, I haven't recently, like my last, the last show I did was in LA. Um, I haven't did a show in Cleveland. Um, I had like a release party. I kind of performed there, but I'm still working on like getting my own show. Like I just need the venue, really. Like I just gotta find a venue I like, and I, I feel like it's gonna happen because I feel like I can get a nice turnout. You know, I just I just need the venue. Okay, sounds good. And you're from this this area originally. Yeah. All right, good. I like to hear that. So tell me about some of your early influences. Uh, I mean, you know, of course, being from Cleveland, started with Bone. You know, him Bone on the radio early. Uh, but like growing up, my favorite rappers was Jada Kiss and Lil Wayne. Okay. Um, yeah, Wayne. Wayne probably the one who really made me start rapping. Like probably like when I was like in fifth or sixth grade. I used to have a squad up mixtapes, like, you know what I'm saying? So we used to hear those. That's what really made me got to rapping. But like him, Jada Kiss, it was like the two, the two biggest ones for me probably that made me want to rap. All right. So would you say that you're a lyricist first or a rapper first? How would you describe um, your I think I'm definitely a lyricist. I would, I would consider myself a lyricist, especially you know, how rap sounds today, mm -hmm. I would definitely consider myself a lyricist. What do you mean by that, how rap sounds? I mean, you know, it's just very <laughs> melodic, you know, auto-tune-y, sing-y, you know, it's not really about bars anymore, it's just about creating a feeling or a vibe. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with that, I enjoy that music too, but, you know, I come from more of a, you know, I don't really have a lot of auto-tune, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to rap. rap my so, ass off, so. so it's more about the content, and the depth of the depth of the content, than it is just about, uh, not to be insulting with him, but just about the beat like it is, it seems to be. With right, somebody. right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's the beat, you know, and it's kind of all how you deliver it, you know, because like, we're kind of all going to talk about the same things to a certain extent, but, um, you know, it's kind of how you deliver it. Like, I don't really, like I said, I'm not being on auto-tune. Um, I have a couple songs all the time, but I don't really like try to sing a lot, you know, things like that. So yeah, I try to use more classical hip hop sounds and just rap. All right, sounds good. I mean, it works for Eminem, right? So, yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the greatest lyricists out there. Oh yeah, like it's still, I feel like it's still a lane for lyricists, you know, like the trap rap or you know drill rap, whatever. That's kind of at the forefront right now, but. I still feel like it's a lot of, you know, lyrical artists that's, you know, doing great for themselves. Absolutely. And we're fortunate here in Cleveland. We have a lot of local artists that are, are just looking, like you said, looking for a venue, looking for an outlet. So, um, you know, we certainly you know, we want to help you with that as well we can. Please. Because uh, that, that's something that's dear and dear to my heart, local arts. Whatever we can do to promote local, art, promote local artists, you know, we're definitely on board with that. So, um, so what else do you you have coming up. You tell us a little bit about your uh, your project. Um, um, you have more on the horizon. Um, so I mean, I, videos. You know, I got videos. Okay. I'm gonna release. Um, you know, and everything like that. 
But yeah, I'm really trying to get that show. That, like, that's really like the number one thing on my to-do list right now is to get that, get that show figured out. Um, but yeah, I got videos and other content and you know, different things like that that I'm going to be releasing along with the project for sure. Okay, that's very good. So if uh, anybody wanted to follow you, what platforms will we be able to follow you on? Uh, my Instagram, my Twitter is HollywoodSav216. It's my IG and my Twitter. Then, you know, all my music on all streaming platforms under SAV. Can you spell SAV for me? Just S-A-V. S-A-V, okay. Yep, S-A-V, yep, on all streaming platforms. That's where my music at. Cool. And how many, uh, just out of curiosity, how many music videos you got on your uh, YouTube? How many music videos I got on my YouTube? Wow. Give me a, give me a roundabout guess. 97. No, I got a lot of music videos. Like, he, he, that's, a, that's a reach, but I got a lot. <laughs> I, I, I ain't gonna lie, I probably got, like, I'm not even on those trying to flex, but like more than your average local artist. Like I got a lot of videos. Okay. And when you when you uh, shoot your music videos, do you try to shoot it from more of an artistic standpoint or like? Uh, for sure. It's all, you know, it's all song based, of course. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm trying to, I like storylines. I like, you know, people's attention span is short. So, you know, I try to give you a reason to want to watch it to the end. You know okay. Because, you know, if people just kind of see the same scene. They're gonna get the drift and probably cut it off halfway through, you know. So I try to I try to storyline you a little bit just to pique interest. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to check some of that out, man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I got I, got, I think I got some cool videos. <laughs> I think it's probably one of my one of my stronger points. Okay. Now, if you could compare yourself to one artist or maybe even two artists that are out there right now, who would you compare yourself to? Oh man, that's 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 a good question. I think I'm like a mix, I like mix myself. I think I'm like a mix of like J Cole and like Davies. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, like you know, like because I rap like aggressive like East, but you know, I'm kind of like cold on the personality side. Okay, Matt, I love hearing that because J Cole is my favorite artist right oh, now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, well, Sav, man, I just want to thank you for taking some time to come and hang out with us, talk a little bit about your music. Appreciate, appreciate you, man. You have a good one. Appreciate y'all. You too, man. Appreciate you. Yes, lunchtime. Man, I'm starving. But I can't wait all day for a restaurant. And fast food just ain't it no more. I know. I go to Subway. Subway always has the freshest ingredients and great, healthy, delicious choices. My mouth's watering just thinking about it. The bread is so soft and so tasty. Mmm, I'm not wasting another second without a Subway sandwich. And you shouldn't either. Come on down to your local Subway. Or download our app where you can create your sandwich online and come right inside and pick it up. Subway, be fresh. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. I'm your host, Andy Betts, and we've got a special guest joining us today, Trey Lewis, from Garfield, local boy from Garfield Heights. Local guy. Local awesome guy. to have you Andy with here. us. Thanks for joining us. So Absolutely. I understand you got a lot going on right now, so want to fill us in on what's happening. Yeah, so much going on. Uh, you know, just got back from overseas, actually. Just playing professional ball in Montenegro. Uh, traveling the world, and now we're uh, here on tour. Doing, uh, doing so much. I uh, actually just was able to be a part of the Black Biz Expo with Maurice Burnell. Uh, you know, a major event for All-Star Weekend here. And so we just, you know, trying to build upon that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how long were you in Montenegro? Uh, so I was there for this uh, basketball season. It started in um, August, and I literally just got back this month. So, okay, well, welcome home. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That's, that's awesome. So uh, 
tell me a little bit about your uh, your basketball career. What, where where are you from? What you've done? Absolutely. So I'll just start at Garfield Heights. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cleveland. Cleveland. Right. A bulldog. Guy. Yeah, I'm a bulldog. All right. You know, so. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. I was able to lead my team to a state championship back in 2011. And then from there, you know, went on to play for three Division One schools, uh, Penn State University, uh, Cleveland State University, came back home, uh, played there for, for two seasons. And then I got a chance to play for legendary Rick Pitino at Louisville. And, uh, you know, from there, I went on to play uh, overseas, uh, went undrafted, but then uh, ended up getting an opportunity to play with the Utah Jazz in 2018. Uh, so then, and just traveling the world, playing in Germany, France, uh, Israel, and just like I said, got back from Montenegro. So it's been a, it's been one quite <laughs> quite of a journey. Yeah, no kidding, man! What an incredible journey you've taken. So uh, I understand though that there's more on the horizon for you. Not basketball's not your whole world. Absolutely, yeah, it's a lot on the horizon. So I'm very grateful to be. Uh, here and, and doing music as well. So had an opportunity to do, to do a tour all throughout the Midwest uh, to California and uh, got a, a song right now, Pay the Price, featuring Paris Careers. Uh, you know, I'm doing CHH music, Christian hip hop. We out here bold for the Lord, man. That's I love that. Really do, man. So we just like to be bold. We use our talents and our gifts to glorify God in every avenue. That's amazing. Yes, sir. That's amazing. So. So you're focusing more on your, your music career right now. Yeah. Okay, uh, tell me, where, where can we find the, the, product, uh, the stuff yeah. you put out already? Yeah, so everything is on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, uh, YouTube Music, I'm everywhere. Literally all platforms you can find me at Trey Lou. That's my artist name. Trey Lou? Basketball is Trey Lewis. You can search on YouTube and find highlights. You can search Trey Lou on YouTube and find my music. So uh, T-R-E-Y-L-E-W, and that's uh, on all platforms. Oh, okay. That's yeah, awesome. So what, what else do you have uh, project-wise coming up? Yeah. What are you looking I'm to glad do? glad you asked. So Spiritual Warfare is coming out this spring. So I need everybody to, to, to get excited about this project we're going to be releasing. And this is with uh, one of my guys from Cleveland, another Cleveland legend. His name is Corey Bates. And, you know, Corey's been doing music uh, in City. And now we came together to do a, a joint project called Spiritual Warfare. And what we're doing on that project, man, is really just letting people know a war is coming. Actually, a war is already here, you know. And then so uh, what we're doing is being bold in our stance for the Lord. That's awesome. So, so he's sort of laid out a, a plan for you. He's he's given you this platform. He's given you this opportunity to minister. So that that must just be an amazing feeling waking up every day knowing that that you've got a mission. You've got a message that you want to get across, maybe straight from the Lord. You know, and, and that that's phenomenal. So. So when you take that into the studio, when you think about your lyrics, I mean, what what are you trying to do? Are you are are you trying to comfort people? Are you try, what are you trying to do? So each song kind of provides a different you know reach. So our biggest thing is speaking into the lives of the youth. You know, because the real war that's going on is, is fighting for our youth's mind. You know, sure. Uh, we we fight a real enemy out here, and, uh, and and so each song, like I said, is a little different. Um, but I pray before every song. Every time I go into the booth, and I can ask God to give me the words. And so, it, it, whoever it's for, whether it's somebody uh, dealing with you know, suicidal thoughts, whether it's somebody in prison, whether it's somebody not knowing where their next meal or income is coming from, uh, we have a message that Jesus Christ is the provider of all, and He, and he is going to make the way for us. That's amazing. So, if you don't mind me asking, tell me a little bit about your 
spiritual journey, your, your testimony. I'd like to hear a little bit about your testimony. Awesome. So, yeah, um, I've always, you know, growing up in a household where my parents taught me about the Lord, but it really wasn't until I got out on my own, you know, uh, when I went to college and really got a chance to know him for myself. So I really got to build that relationship through some lows in my life. So as you can imagine, I go from, you know, being on top of the world in high school, taking my team to state, getting my jersey retired, and I go out to college and I finally get hurt. And I was in a place where I was really by myself. Uh, but that's when I started to read the scriptures really for myself. And I just began to really fall in love with the Lord and knowing that he had a plan for my life. And, uh, you know, from that moment on, you know, I kept him really close to me through all of the trials and tribulations and different temptations. You go from battling being a star athlete. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. From being a star athlete. And all the temptations that come with that, going, playing Division One, playing at the uh, professional level. Um, but I've always kept the Lord close, and, and because of that, he's, he's shown me so much favor and opened so many doors. Um, so it's been really a blessing. That, that's awesome to hear. So, of course, when you go off to college, that's typically yeah. your first challenge. Right. You know, right. when you see the real world. Yeah. But I can only imagine what a professional sports life would also, uh, the challenges that would present, uh, the temptations that, that would come yeah. your way. Um, but it sounds like you've really leaned on Jeremiah 2911. Yeah. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So, uh, so that sort of kept you grounded would you say yeah. I mean how, how would you 100% um, in those you know situations like I said I've fallen a lot uh, have, have gone into these uh, situations and temptations and and really at one point was living more for myself and seeing what I can get in this world but God allowed me to see that and, and, I, and I noticed that it's not all it's cracked up to be you know everything that glitters ain't gold you know you hear these things that money can't buy happiness but I've been in those environments being around those people who got millions of dollars got big contract got the huge house got you know the finest of jewelry find anything that money can buy and, and a lot of them are miserable a lot of them have no peace and so you know God has allowed me to reach that level to see it's not really about that you know it's not about that at all and really it's the only thing that will stand is what we do for Christ and that's the message that I'm bringing in every song letting people know it's okay to be bold for the Lord it's okay to, to walk around and be a soldier in his army and 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 to um, really stand out and, and to make a stance and uh, I'm living unapologetically for the Lord man and, I, and I'm loving every moment of it that's incredible so I understand that you have some philanthropy Yes, uh, goals happening right now. I yeah. imagine that's a direct extension to the grace God is showing you. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what's happening there. Yes, I was blessed to be able to start a foundation, Trey Lewis Cares Foundation, where we literally serve the youth worldwide. We've done missions in Africa where we help to build schools. Uh, we've been all around the globe just uh, really using um, influence of basketball and, and sports to really impact the lives of the youth. That's amazing because yeah. sports is such a, a great opportunity, such a great platform for you to, to talk to these kids, you know, and, and they, they want to come up to you and, and talk about basketball and you have the ability to do that, uh, but then all of a sudden the conversation can shift yes, and yes. you can say, kids, this is great, basketball is awesome but there's something more out there that you need Absolutely. to know about. And I think that's just a beautiful thing about the different gifts that God has provided, you know, in all of us. You know, he gives us, 
uh, opportunity to have a platform, but it's not for ourselves, you know. And once we realize that we can use our uh, platforms properly to, you know, shed the light back onto God and to and to, to give the gospel to people. So, you know, He's blessed me to play at these high stages in basketball, um, to get the, the youth's attention, and also to do music. Uh, but it's really just to have their attention and get their ear to tell them about the King of all kings. Amen. So that, that's incredible. So you, you've got multiple venues that you're yes. looking at. I love that. You're not just doing the sports, you're doing yes. the music, you're doing everything you possibly can. And man, I wish you all the best with Thank that. Thank you so much. I love to hear about a local guy going for it and the fact that you've got so much more happening, so much more to your message than just being uh, just being an artist. Not just being an artist, but yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. You've got yeah, more absolutely. to it. So, now, this um, has been great, man. we sure. got to link up and do some more things. Absolutely. And, and, I yeah. really appreciate your time. Thanks absolutely. for stopping by. Uh, Trey Lewis. Thank you. Good luck, man. Appreciate you. With over 145 years of experience, ADT is a security company you can depend on. With smarter security, using automation, smart technology, and mobile app control, ADT offers custom security monitoring deals for your home. Call for a free quote today at 855-381-7076. ADT offers monitoring packages to fit your budget. ADT Control works with your home's favorite devices like Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and more. Call for your free quote and make your home secure. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. I'm your host, Andy Betts. I've got a special guest uh, joining me. we got Ben and, and his wife, Kristen. Yes. Kristen, nice to have you folks with us. Well, thanks for having us, man. Very this nice is great. to meet you. So, tell us a little bit about what you, what you have uh, going on. Okay, well, I'm an artist and I've been uh, in the area for about 15 years in the Cleveland market, uh, regional. My songs in the last four years, I've gotten four of them submitted to the Grammys and I've gone through the first round voting each time. Uh, so I got a song this year in the Grammys. Congratulations. I went through the first round of, uh, of the uh, voting system. So I'm pretty excited and I'm here because I want to promote and get back out. Because this whole COVID thing is like killing everybody's careers. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's absolutely horrible. So tell us, uh, Okay, well, it's rock music, and rock is pretty much underground music, in a sense. <laughs> so, uh, well, my inspirations are like Disturbed, Candlebox, Corn, you know, Zamarna, Corn, Tool. Lately, I've been doing a lot of like um, six, eight temples you know, on the beat. So, if you like Tool, some of the newer stuff has got that that vibe there, that right. six, eight pattern. Uh, but really super excited that uh, to be on your show, and, and I can't wait to like uh, to hear it later. Absolutely. <laughs> when I, when I, I hit it on the podcast, rewind. Oh, so okay. It was so nice to meet you. Nice uh, to also, meet my wife, she's a model. She does fine arts modeling, and she does uh, infrared uh, filming, photography. Oh, yeah. Cool. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I've been modeling ever since I was 16, off and on, but um, recently, in the past handful of years, I've been modeling with a lot of different local photographers, and some nationally, too. Um, I've been a photographer for just about as long, and um, I'm an infrared photographer. And now, what is what exactly is an infrared photographer? What do you do specifically? Well, I tend to take a lot of photos in cemeteries. Um, that's that's my subject matter mostly. Um, infrared photography, um, the light spectrum, the infrared 
is just above what you can see with the naked eye. So it's kind of poetic to me to be able to be taking photos of something that you can't see. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I forgive my ignorance. Uh, you sometimes hear about the infrared photography and some of those uh, paranormal Right, right. Um, actually, that's far infrared photography. It's up higher on the light spectrum. Oh, okay. So that's so it's, little, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, touching on that, we're actually working on a TV show. We're, uh, we're discussing working with uh, Ben Shiggles from the area. He does uh, filming, and he said he would do like our, our first episode with us, so that way we can get started on the professional side of things. Great, great uh, filmographer, uh, but I want to incorporate some of her infrared for like some of that stuff, for like some of the back scenes, because she's really super talented at that. And she's actually going to be the main person on the show. Okay. I'm going to be the guy in the back doing all the inventions and fun stuff. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a paranormal investigation show. Yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. so fun. Yeah. I've always been intrigued by this. Yeah. But we want to, yeah, we're not going to let the cat out of the bag, though. So okay. we're going to get out of here. Uh, very good. <laughs> Thank you so very much nice for having us. You. You're, yeah. a, you're a Thank blast, you. man. All right. Have so a good much. one. And you guys out there, just keep checking out his show. He does a great job, and I really appreciate being on here today. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Let's face it. Growing up is no fun. Going to work, paying the mortgage, worrying about your blood pressure, none of these things bring you any joy. Don't you wish you could go back in time and play with all those toys you enjoyed as a kid? Well, at Toy Hunters, you can. At Toy Hunters, we have a huge selection of all those toys that made your childhood awesome. Whether you had Optimus Prime and the Autobots battling Megatron and the Decepticons or G.I. Joe fighting the evil forces of Cobra, you can find them at Toy Hunters. This week, we're offering 25% off on all those action figures your mom sold at a garage sale after you left for college. Whether it was the Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, or Star Wars, we've got them. So come on into Toy Hunters at 2032 West 4th Street in Ontario. We also have a large selection of comic books and graphic novels in stock. You don't want to miss this sale, so head on down to Toy Hunters at 2032 West 4th Street in Ontario and get your toys back. Alright, welcome back to Technically It Is Real. Again, this is Tyrell Jackson. Want to thank you all for listening to this very special edition of the show. Want to thank my guests, Eugene EJ Flex. What up? And thank the great white white who's been carrying this show, doing all the interviews. Thank you so much. You have been knocking it out of the park, buddy. Hey man, thanks for the opportunity. This is this has been a tremendous day. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. Just a quick couple of announcements. You can follow the uh, page on Twitter at T I R underscore fifty nine. Also follow me on Twitter at Tyrell W Jackson one. Also make sure you type in technically it is real on Spotify, Anchor, and in Google Podcasts. This has been Tyrell Jackson of Technically It Is Real, and it has been real from the Lago Convention Center here in downtown Cleveland. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Technically It Is Real. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Stay safe out there and see you soon.